FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 180 of the podcast that goes snicked. It's a b- 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 bonus episode, the uh, Civil War II mini launch party. We're your host, Jason and Denise Venable. What's up? So do we have balloons and that, Yes, we do. I'm going to pop them off. <laughs> okay. Anyway, it's uh, just the two of us. Just the two of us. We can make it. Please stop. Oh, come on. <laughs> Did you hear something? <laughs> um, you forgot about George. Please, please don't do that. Oh, yay. Come on, Max. I'm trying to introduce Georgie. You're sloughing up water in the water bowl. We're professionals, folks. Yes. A five-star podcast. Yeah, we'll have a baby crying here in a little bit. But anyway, Georgie the Flying V is rejoining us for our civil... Oh, man. That's a great name. Why didn't I ever think of that? You're welcome. Anyway, thanks for coming on, Georgie, to talk about this comic book. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Um, so, the Wolverines, our, our Wolverine characters, are barely in this. So we won't go yeah. into too much detail. Um, and also, you know, we'll still cover our regular books. I know some of the books for June have already come out. And we'll get to them in the regular episode. But I just wanted to do a quick mini episode to talk about the new big event. Since they were in a couple of panels. <laughs> and we'll Just kinda, a couple, yeah. Yeah. So let's kind of talk, you know, around Civil War Two number one, which is brought to you by... Um, all right, well, all right. So, uh... <laughs> gonna be one of those nights. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. Real professional. Yeah. All right. So, Civil War II, number one, or C-Dub-2, as I like to call it. Or no. I think I'll go with C-Dub-Dose. That sounds good. All right. Written by Brian. (laughs) You heard the crickets from Denise and Georgie. Uh (laughs) I got shunned. Um, Anyway, it's written by Brian Michael Bendis. Art by David Marquez. Colors by Justin Ponsoor. Letters by VCs Clayton Cowles and designed by Victor Ochoa. And the cover is by Marco Jurdovich, which I don't think that's the one I got. Because my one well, might be, but my cover, you know, I'm not sure. I guess it's a regular cover. It sure looks a lot like Marquez. But yeah, also, what's on your cover? Uh, Iron Man and Captain Marvel squaring off. Mm-hmm. That's what I have too. Yeah. So I guess that's the Jurjevich cover. Maybe they just have similar styles. But, or maybe I'm just an idiot. Can I sign it? I don't no. Actually, I think I'm wrong. I think it is. I think it is who. How do you say that? You know how to say is that Jurjevich? Uh, yep. All right. <laughs> so what do we think of the cover? Yeah, I was surprised. I thought that was a Marquez cover as well. Um. It's all right. I, I feel like uh, I don't really like Captain Marvel's face expression. Oh, lo- I, I kind of do. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she, she's tough as nails, and she's not going to take it anymore. Oh, totally. But it, she just looks a little bit boyish to me, I think. Okay, I can see that. That's fair. She looks like Justin Bieber. Okay. I oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> or Miley Cyrus, whichever one you want. <laughs> They're the same. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a pretty standard, just kind of face-off cover. And you have a, a shadowy figure in the background uh, sparking. And he has little sparks flying all over the place. He's a vampire. Yeah. I'm assuming that's because he orgasmed, but who knows. Um. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what have you done to my husband? <laughs> I, what? I didn't do this. No. I, sorry, Georgie. I looked at him when I said it. Yes. Oh, so Denise had a comment about the the title. So mm-hmm. If it's been 10 years. Which we think it has. Right. Give or take. So the V in civil and the W in war make an X, which would be the Roman numeral for 10. 
Some clever marketing. Wow. Or it could be a happy accident. Could be, but they definitely joined them. Yes. And it they almost, do. And it almost seemed like it was an intentional join. Like, we need to line these two up. Oh, yeah, it's definitely intentionally joined up, yeah. So, yeah. so celebrating the 10th anniversary of the original Civil War, and uh, we'll see if this this matches up. So, Denise has not read the original Civil War. Nope. Georgie, I'm assuming you have at some point. Yeah, it, it was okay. Okay. So did you read it when it came out, or did you read it uh, after the fact? No, my, uh, probably like five years ago. Okay. All right. So it was pretty exciting when it first came out. I understand. I haven't read it since then. I understand that generally the difference of opinion is that people that read it later, that maybe parts of it didn't age so well. Mm-hmm. But um, so, but my memory of it is really good. So we'll see. I, I definitely think it turned a page, at least for Marvel, as far as it was so successful. I think it kind of kicked off the the constant event. Yeah. Well, maybe renewed it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. I have no idea what y'all are talking about. <laughs> well, you kind of do. You commented before that, like, it seems like every couple of months we're we're doing events on the podcast well, or yeah. or at least referencing them. Yes. So. Yeah, well, you know what? Civil War really did was kicked off more more frequent events. We used yes. to get it like once a summer, but now it's like every season we have an event. Right. Every season? How about every other month? Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends. Some of them are bigger than others. But, um, so, in this book, uh, Georgie, what kind of happens in the beginning here? What's kind of the uh, kickoff to this new new event? So, the premise is uh, the Terrigen Mists are still causing a muck, and there is an inhuman who appears who can foretell the future. Yeah, and he's a nice little hip human. He's got a little bracelets and uh, what's it called when you put the bun, your ponytail in a bun on the a man bun? I don't know. Yeah, man bun is the right word. Yeah. You have no idea how many man buns I see here in LA. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Well, he's also got the deep V-neck and he's yeah. got the like a chain. Right. Well, he's, he's a, a co- hottie. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah he is, and he's a college student. He goes to a, uh, I'm sorry, the Ohio State University, which I don't think he says the Ohio State. So whoever Bendis must not no, know. Well, to be honest, I'm from Ohio, and we no one really says the Ohio State. We always say Ohio State. So really, so that's just a Monday enough. night football thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like the the official name is the Ohio State, but no one says it. Oh, okay. That's funny. It's it's so weird sounding, isn't it? The Ohio State. Yeah. So yeah, so that guy's running through the forest and he gets uh rescued, air quote, by the inhumans, the royal family. So can you help me out here with the the, the inhumans? Who's the guy with the dog? Oh, that's um that's Reader. Okay. Uh, he's a blind guy. And he has like these little I don't know if they're metal or electric or stone or whatever. They almost look like electric dominoes. And he can he can do like three reads a day. And basically he can pick random powers and use it three times. And then he can't use them again until he sweeps. Okay. And that's about as cool as it sounds. And, yep. um, I was going to say, does he have to plug it in? And his dog is kind of his <laughs> eyes. So he's, okay. he's literally... A, a, the, the superhero version of a seeing eye dog. <laughs> okay. So, so, yeah, that's that guy. Um, I, knew, I thought this shot, this full, because basically we have a full page splash of the Inhumans, and I thought it looked pretty cool. Triton looked pretty sweet, and uh, Beast, little his little hip hugger pants he's been wearing, looks he looks pretty cool. <laughs> no, I, I've been missing Marquez, because I'm not reading the Iron Man book. Oh, that's and good. so... I haven't really seen him since he left um, Spider-Man, so I'm, right. I, I was glad to see him again. I was glad. Confused. Okay. I'm sorry. No. What are you confused about? That's Beast, right? Yeah. Why is he an Inhuman? He's a uh, he's a he's a race trader. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so it was nice to be on the show. I'll talk to you guys <laughs> later. <laughs> no. Uh, so basically, after whatever happened in the the eight month gap after Secret Wars. 
he's working with the Inhumans to try to find a cure, you know, because the Terrigenist is, is killing mutants, or if not, when it doesn't kill them, it st- at least sterilizes them. Okay. And so it's kind of like, the again, the end of the mutant race, you know, for the umpteenth time. But Beast is working with the Inhumans to try to find a cure. Okay. And so he's also, he's on the Uncanny Inhuman team, which book wasn't, is not great, but when it kicked off with McNiven, McNiven's Beast was awesome. Okay. Yeah, so that's what he's doing here. And, um... I was going to say, you, you were talking about how it was good to see Marquez. I was glad, you know, for for whatever we decide this event is worth, this is supposed to be a big event. And I was glad to see Marquez get kind of the A-list status of, like, being the artist who draws the big event of the summer. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think he's definitely earned it. Um, sure. And uh, Plus, he wasn't born in Texas, but he was raised down in Houston. So, a little Yeehaw. bit of a, yeah, a little Texas pride there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so then we get a, a nice double page red title page, which, you know, whatever. And then we skip ahead and we got the, uh, all new, all different Avengers, uh, in trouble. And, um, they're fighting what, what, what is this? Like a big celestial? Something of that nature. Yeah. That double page spread of the celestial and his little mini celestials. And then the Avengers kind of, Oh yeah, that's a great page. The Celestial looks slightly Mayan, too. Yeah, it does kind of look like a Mayan Galactus. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. And, you know, if we don't say it again, Ponsor's colors in this book are also oh yeah, really, really good. I also like, I don't know, and I don't know if this is Marquez or the letterer, or maybe this is something that a Ochoa designer did, but I really like the Thor... When Thor shows up, the way they say her name. Oh yes. Now is that the regular like title on the on the Thor comic? I believe it is. Awesome! I think it's really cool the way that the hammer makes the O and the H together. It's really nice. Yeah, man. Thor is one of those one of those good ones. Yep. I need to at some point. I need to catch up on that series. Me too. I'm I'm falling a little bit behind myself. Yeah. I like it, or like the idea of it for sure. Just, I mean, that's another Daughterman is another one of those people that's just killing it. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. And if you want to hear more about about his work on that book, go li- listen to the uh, Intra Comics podcast. We don't get to sing his praise as much on the podcast that goes Nick, but uh, they talk about him quite a bit over there, and and deservedly so. A, th- a Thor Wolverine team up, you know, one shot would be pretty nice. That would be cool, yeah, especially with the new Thor and the new Wolverine. That'd be pretty great. Right. So, so we get a nice uh, full page of all the Inhumans, all the Avengers, um, and all the X Men. That's where we have our first appearance of Old Man Logan, kind of flying in the bottom of the page. <laughs> oh yeah, there he is. Yeah, yeah. He's down there with your reader guy, your new favorite character. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So they're going to fight this new Celestial, and they they take it to him. Then we have another panel of, of Old Man Logan in the forefront, uh, most likely slicing something. <laughs> or, yeah, just about to. Yeah. As Iron Man has these new, like, forearm, like, giant guns he's showing off. Yeah, these are crazy. Yeah. Kind of Voltron y or, or maybe Voltron's not the right thing, but there's almost there's some kind of like anime feel to it, like him having like a mecha like yeah, forearm. Yeah, I could see that. So then the mystics show up, uh, Doctor Strange and his band of magicians. Speaking of Doctor Strange, Georgie was telling us off air that uh, he ran into uh, the good doctor himself. Yeah, so I, I tend to spend a good bit of my Sundays at the office just catching up on work. And um, I'm like entertainment industry adjacent at the moment. So <laughs> uh, I, I went in on, on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, as I got off the elevator, there's someone setting up camera equipment and, you know, whatever. They're testing. I have no idea. But go up to the office, do a little bit of work, uh, go to leave, and... I'm walking down the, the, the lobby there, and it looks to the left down the hallway, and I see Dr. Strange himself, Benjamin Cumberbatch. <laughs> That's not his name. 
<laughs> Good old Benji. Yeah. <laughs> How did? Why did I say that? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> so I mean, he's right there, like rehearsing a scene. He's like falling on the ground, and his eyes are like. What I did notice is his facial expression was like really soaking in what the director was trying to get him to do. Like he was really like open to collaboration. That oh, was that's cool. that's what I gleaned from him in, in the second and a half. I I looked over. <laughs> right. So yeah, I saw Doctor Strange. He was about ten feet away. I didn't geek out, so that was pretty cool. Good of me. Yeah, good job. Yeah, so that happened. Sweet. So we had we had a sighting, a real life comic thing. <laughs> He was he was cleanly shaven, so I don't think he was shooting anything right. for Doctor Strange. Yeah, I'm sure it's whatever he has coming up in 17 or whatever. Yeah. Um, so um, back jumping back to the comic book, I was really cool to see uh, Miss America, and I was glad to see Wiccan and uh, Ilyana all making little appearances because they're some of my favorites that I don't get to see very much. Yes, yeah. They're all kind of in there. Uh, Wiccan and Magic are both in uh, Doctor Strange's little team. And then uh, Miss America, of course, is with uh, Captain Marvel and the Ultimates, which yep. if you're not reading that book, I would highly recommend it. It's, it's like the best Fantastic Four book since Hickman left. <laughs> I've been waiting for a trade to come out. Like, I'm really eager to read yeah. that. Yeah. No, it's really nice. And even, you know, I, I know people are kind of on, you know, could go either way with uh, Rockefort. But I think he's doing a really good job in it. Cool. So. And it's not not over, not too sexy. So <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we also see Miles and Peter and Spider Woman and you know everyone doing their thing. And then what? It works. Uh, the the celestial disappears. And uh, so basically, okay, who's this laying on the ground? I don't know. Because no one's paying attention to the fact that he's just laying there. He's he's in a, a previous panel. He's one of the magic users. Oh, is I, he? Okay. I like, don't know who he is, though. What if he's Dr. Hellstrom or that guy? Oh, yeah, there he is. <laughs> he's the guy with a thing on his chest, that guy. Right. And a fireball coming out of his abs. Mmm. Mmm, yeah. Yummy. Um... <laughs> So anyway, when the celestial disappears, that's when we get uh, Wolverine and Old Man Logan in the back of their heads, and that's gonna be it for them. <laughs> Good job. All right, episode over. <laughs> do, no. do, do, do. <laughs> Is that our new theme song? Can I, yep. can I capture that? <laughs> so uh, yeah, so basically we'll we'll move a little bit faster now. Uh, Iron Man has a party in his penthouse. Um, I thought you were about to say in his pants. Yes, Iron Man has a party in his pants. And we weren't invited. Right. The only three people not invited. <laughs> Which I'm surprised Georgie wasn't invited because I'm pretty sure all of LA was invited. Um, anyway, uh, apparently the Wolverines weren't also not invited because they don't show up anymore. <laughs> So, can I ask you, what's up with Tony Stark and Rhodes just walking around in these, like, uh, body-hugging, like, onesies here? I don't know, because that's kind of, I mean, I guess it's part of the new armor suit, but we haven't really seen that in mm-hmm. the Iron Man books. They just wear, like, clothes, and then, you know, the iron iron suit jumps on and off and whatever, but... That's not true. In one of the movies, he does have, like, a black Under Armour shirt. Right. But he's, I don't know what bottoms he's wearing, but I know he has the Under Armour shirt. And it's literally under his armor, so. (sighs) (laughs) Yes. It looks like he's walking around in his underwear. Oh, it does. He's just trying to show off his package. They look like one of the Silverhawks. That's what they look like. Yes, they do look like Silverhawks. (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. What? You tweeted me that the lyrics of that a while back, didn't you? I think that was probably me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then they said, um, what did I remember it was really stupid, like, something, something, something steel. Yeah, yeah, it's like, something silver, some wings of steel, <laughs> silver hawks. I'm going to look that up real fast. Oh, no. <laughs> silver hawks lyrics. Here we go. Yep. 
Oh, here we go. JustSomeLyrics.com is the sponsor of the show. Um, oh, <laughs> this is what it was. So there's wings of silver, nerves of steel, silver hawks. Then the, then the second line is partly metal, partly real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're partly real. That's right. <laughs> now, I never caught that as a kid. It made perfect sense that real just meant flesh, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, there's a big party, and uh, the Avengers talk to the Inhumans. They have, a, they have like a, a subcommittee meeting down in Tony Stark's basement, I guess. Yeah. Not everybody's invited to this little yeah, thing. Yeah, they go down in the sex dungeon, and um, here they meet Ulysses um, of Franz Ferdinand fame, and... Um, Medusa basically introduced and said, "This is this is how we knew about the uh, the celestial, and um, he's a new Inhuman." And Jean Grey, young Jean, tries to read his mind, but it's blank. She can't, she can't get in there. And then the heroes start arguing over what they should do with Ulysses. So, um, I gotta I gotta jump in because like some of the panels with Jean Grey, like she's not one of my favorite characters, but just the way the Marquez draws her is like. Like especially like the close-ups. Yes, he's he's so good. I miss yes. him. Yes, he is really really great. I'm always a fan. Um, yeah. So so in a nutshell, what are what are our arguments here? Basically, uh, Captain Marvel wants to use him to foretell, uh, you know, the future to prevent crimes, and Tony Stark is against it. Which, how did this does this you know fit with you with the characters? Did this feel like the opposite? How did you feel? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Um, I felt like Tony Stark was kind of taking a team cap. Um, yeah, yeah, like, exactly. It's not that I, I don't know. I necessarily feel like Captain, like Carol was way off because at least as far as the mission of the Ultimates, like they're trying to like fix the time stream. So it would make sense that like the whole purpose of that book is they're trying to be proactive and get ahead of these disasters. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that she would want to use... Ulysses to do that or at least as an, have, as an optional tool um, so the part that I did feel like fit Tony a little bit is that he he seemed to me and this is where I, part of the story kind of breaks down for me on these choosing sides you know because on the cover or on the inside flaps they have protect the future and change the future and that's why I guess these two like diametrically opposed ideas Mm-hmm. Which really just feels like semantics, because really, Stark's problem, at least as it seems, it, he'll he'll kind of move back towards this position a little bit. But he really starts off as saying, "I'm not necessarily against this. It's just we don't understand this guy's powers, so we shouldn't use them." Yeah. Like basically, I need more time to research. Is <laughs> really what it feels like, and that hardly seems like the the linchpin of an of an argument to start a civil war. No, but a good thing. I mean, that's not really the linchpin that starts the no, war. No, no, it's not. I will say, and we'll talk a little bit when we get to kind of the the actual inciting incident. But yeah. So basically, Stark also says that um, what happens, you know, th- these are possible futures, and that part felt like Tony Stark to me. You know, sure. the futurist, you know, saying, you know, hey, he can predict a future. But it might not be the future. It could be uh-huh. a future. And that part made sense. And then he kind of goes, I thought there was a little bit of misdirection by Bendis' part, and y'all can agree or disagree, but you know, I kind of feel like they were setting us up for Avengers Minority Report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where he was like, so what happens if he sees the future where one of us does something wrong? Do we, do we like, turn on each other just because this guy says so? Uh-huh. Um do we do we prevent you know do we arrest someone before they p- perform a crime? Kind of the whole. I mean, it's basically the whole purpose of Minority Report. So, so they argue about that, and I guess they leave. Everyone kind of thinks that okay, that's fine. We we won't use them. Or at least I feel like Iron Man maybe just in his arrogance assumed that everybody was going to do what he said. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of left up in the air. Like Carol says she wants to, and he says like he doesn't. But it's it. It's it's kind of vague, but it feels like they're not going to use him yet. Right. Right. Denise is going to run and check on Ollie. 
So if y'all can hear him in the background, I apologize. But uh, he's coming through the monitors. <laughs> but um, yeah, so basically uh, Ulysses, I'm, I'm having a lot of trouble with that name. Ulysses is having a nightmare. He has another kind of dream. And um, basically it kind of refers back. Did you read the, uh, Georgie, the free comic day secret wars or uh, the zero issue? I don't remember. Okay. Because we basically kind of saw some of this fight with Thanos kind of fleshed out already. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it, it looks like uh, the war machine is dead. And She-Hulk yeah. she is paralyzed. And the Ultimates are all beat to hell. And, uh, of course, Stark is super mad. Which, this this was so reminiscent of the new movie to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not to say too much, because Denise hasn't seen it yet. But... <laughs> <laughs> Secret. Yeah, I just saw it yesterday. So. Oh boy. What'd yeah. you think? I liked it quite a bit, and we'll we'll kind of leave it at that. We uh, me and you can talk about it later, but um. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's the bad part about uh having a a baby. And most of it's mostly good, but the uh, I had to take Ethan without Denise. You know, we can kind of you can kind of do stuff separate when you have a baby, but it's hard to do stuff together. <laughs> but um. So I'll try to take her and see it, see it at some point, or maybe she can go with some friends or whatever. But um, none of my friends like comic books. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, believe me, not everyone who bought a ticket to this movie is buying comic books, or the yeah, yeah. the comic business would be in much better shape. <laughs> okay, well let me put it this way: I don't know many girls that are like me that want to go see it. No, oh. they all want to go see that you before me movie. And this this episode of Gender Roles is brought to you by Denise. I'm just saying, I went over to a friend's house today, and that's all they talked about. Right. So anyway, uh, Carol admits that she used uh, the kid to find Thanos, um, and Thanos kind of handed their asses to him. And Iron Man is super pissed. He kind of says, I told you so. I think actually he literally says, I told you so. We find out that She-Hulk is paralyzed and Iron Man is going to go off and, and do something. Uh, She-Hulk dies. Oh, Iron Man's going down to the... Oh, yeah, She-Hulk does die. Well, I, does she? I, not for good, but she's on... She's flatlining. Yeah. 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 And what... Iron Man's going to go down to the basement or something, right? What's he doing? I'm, I'm not certain what, what did he just leave? Oh, you know, I think he's going to hunt down. I think he's going to go like try to kill Ulysses. Yeah, I'm not certain what he's trying to yeah, do. He's not going down. He's going up. Yeah, you're right. He comes out of the out of the Tris, Triskelion. So, so do, do you think like in order to heal She-Hulk, they probably have to make her angry? Like, I feel like that would help to kick in her her healing factor. I guess so. Yeah, I don't know because she doesn't ever she doesn't revert, right? She's Hulk all the time, right? Yeah, it's interesting. So I don't know how her healing. I I would think that she would just heal yeah. because she's the Hulk. But exactly. I do think it's interesting that they were all like, "We're gonna all get gamma poisoning and die when she <laughs> dies." Um, yeah, but um, yeah. So I did think it was a little bit because. Like I said, kind of a little bit of a misdirection. Because I felt like when Tony Stark was talking about all the Avengers Minority Report stuff, I felt like that was leading up to him seeing a vision of one of the heroes doing something. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be what started it. And it turns out it's not. that Really what, what starts the, the Civil War is that Tony feels like Carol abused the power she had with Ulysses. And got his friend killed, and yeah, so, exactly. So he's just—it's really almost more of a just I'm pissed kind of thing than an ideology. I feel like it's more of a personal story, like right. You you got my friend killed. You you did this, and that's where the rift is gonna is gonna come from. Right. Not that it's not an ideological thing. It's you caused my best friend to die. I can't cope with that. Yes, and so I'm gonna go. Destroy the Inhumans. <laughs> well, would we all care? Would any of us care, really? No, not really. I would miss Black Bolt. Sure. Well, you know, Beast is there. Uh, he'd be collateral damage. 
Well, I mean, we said killed in humans, so Beast survives and Human Torch survives, and right. Maybe maybe Carnex survives, and um, what's what's the dog's name? I always forget now. Oh, Lockjaw. Yeah. Yeah, we got a spare Lockjaw just for Matt. Yeah, and for Miss Marvel. Yes. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, it definitely kind of doesn't feel like we said the big ideological split that the original Civil War was. That this is definitely more of a a personal story, and that's fine. So what are y'all, what side are y'all on? Are you, are you, I guess you can still do Team Cap and Team Iron Man. It's just a different captain this time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I'm Team Iron Man this time. Yeah, I have to agree with Georgie. I'm on Iron Man's side. You can't just go off without knowing how someone's powers actually work. Yeah, I thought that was a big part of it, just kind of the, can you even trust the source, right? Like before you even decide whether you can use the information or should use the information, you have to verify if the information is even accurate. And they feel like they haven't even done that yet. So I definitely feel like Carol went off half-cocked. And that's the part that I don't feel like matches Carol. Okay. Like I feel like she would be like, yeah, let's use this power, but I don't think she would just go off without knowing. I don't know. Or, or But she is kind of brash, too. So maybe, I don't know. What do you think, George? Do you think she would... Just kind of, I, she is kind of brash. I, I feel like maybe she. Mm, it's a tough, tough call. Yeah. But. I would like to jump in with one, one, one thing. Yeah. Well, this kind of tied together. Two things tied into one. Uh, I thought Thanos actually looked pretty intimidating in the oh. few panels that he's in there. Yes. Yeah. Thanos looks amazing. Marquez does a great job. Um, Rockefeller's also been doing a great job with him um, over in the Ultimate book. But Thanos, Marquez is Thanos with the new suit and just kind of the big guns and the big power blast. And that, that page, the double page spread where he's shooting Carol mm-hmm. is just is fantastic looking. Yeah, so I'm, I usually don't think of him as, as like scary looking or intimidating, even though he's supposed to be. But I did feel like he was very powerful and I was surprised they actually captured him um, after they show him like basically punching through War Machine. Right. Uh, well, they're, they're going to come back as a failure. That's yeah. what I, th- I thought was going to happen. And the other thing is, his dialogue says, you Earth Avengers are not supposed to be here. So it has me feeling like they're tampering with things they shouldn't be. Like he purposely probably chose to do something knowing they weren't going to be there. Right. But th- they use the power to be there and they're messing with things that they probably should not be. And I feel like this is going to come back in, in some way in the story. Oh, definitely, definitely. I think that's why I thought Iron Man was flying down. Because isn't Th- Thanos is like in the sub-prison, right? Yeah, that's what they said, yeah. Yeah, so so I thought originally that he was like flying down to the basement to kill Thanos. But you all think he's flying up out of the roof. So that would seem to indicate he's going after the Inhumans. So either way, he's going to, he's going to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> With his repulsor ray all ready to go. Um, all right, so what was your second? You said you had two things you wanted to come. Well, I mean, there was like both those together. He looked really oh, okay. intimidating. Right. And, and the, the part where he said, you're not supposed to be here. Like, I think he he didn't want to fight them. I don't, I'm not sure he was even planning to do anything bad. But they just figured out where, where he was going to be and interrupted him in something else. That So it's it's almost like jumping into a fire that they didn't even need to jump into. You know what I bet happened? I bet he went to the local, like, um, what planet is he from? He's uh, from... He's from one of the moons of Saturn. Is it yeah. Titan? That sound right? I think Titan. Anyway. Yeah, he's from Titan. Yeah, he's one of the mad gods of Titan. Yeah. Okay, so he went to his local travel Titan store. Was like, I want to take a vacation on Earth, but I don't want them to know because they're going to, like, bug me. <laughs> and they said, okay, they won't be here. And you got five days and you're groovy. Go visit New York. Enjoy yourself. And that's why he said, yeah. you're not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be enjoying my time out on the beach with sand in between my toes. And my big purple toes. Yeah. Um, but we actually know from, from the infer in this book and then also from the Ultimus book that he's, he's looking for the cog- cosmic cube fragment, mm-hmm. which was part of the uh, Pleasant Hills crossover. Sure. So, um, and who knows? I mean, I guess 
you could have a point that we don't know necessarily that he wants it for nefarious purposes, but, I mean, it's Thanos, so he, he probably does. So they're yeah. probably justified in fighting him, but I think, you know, I think the other thing to me that kind of bugs me is, you know, you said, you know, you're, you're not really normally intimidated by Thanos, but he is kind of generally thought of as one of the biggest bads in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And so if if Carol knows that Thanos is going to be here and she's going to go fight him, it seems like maybe she would enlist a little bit more than just kind of her team and a few Inhumans to, sure. to go to battle. Bring some big guns. Right. So, so that part was kind of weird too. But um, yeah, so any other kind of story comments? Um, I just thought, you know, Rhodey dies and... I mean, there's been some discussion online about them killing off another uh, non-white character as maybe <laughs> not the right way to go. Um, right. But I'm gonna kind of leave that where, where that is. Right. Right. We won't. But, we won't Walking Dead it. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know, there's a there's a part in the middle of the book during the party where Rhodes is like, "Hey, can I get some new armor?" And Stark's like, "Oh, you got you you know, if you get four billion dollars." But I feel like oh. if your best friend. Is fighting supervillains, you would give him like the most recent technology to help him fight, wouldn't you? If you're Tony Stark, yes. And I think also, I didn't even think about that, and that's I think it's fairly obvious, and uh, kind of makes him feel like a fool for not not catching it sooner. That's definitely going to make him feel super guilty, right? Because he said, well, "No, you can buy it. I'm not going to give it to you." And then he goes off and dies, presumably because his armor wasn't good enough. And so now yeah. Tony's lost his best friend, and it's kind of his fault. Oh, yeah, I'll, I mean, I think he could feel that way. I hope they bring that up a little bit later on. Yeah. Therapy. Think... Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tony just put a dollar in the therapy jar. Right. Mm. I think he needs more than a dollar. He can afford it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, so what did we think about the art? Let's hear what Denise had to say. Yeah, this is kind of your. I think I don't think you've ever done a Marquez book before. I don't think so. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a shock because lately I've been like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really loved it, and I thought the colors were amazing. Yes. I really love this panel with the eyes. It's about halfway through the book. And it's Ulysses' eyes when he goes from oh yeah seeing something to not seeing something. Yeah, the and, red to green. Yes. Yeah, and really, I think the natural eye color, like the close up, is even more impressive than the like the the red and black, which is supposed mm-hmm. to. Well, and the other thing that I was super impressed with was towards the back of the book when Captain Marvel. Yes. Yeah, she's crying. And let me tell you, that's not easy to do, but there's a panel where she's talking to Stark and her eyes are red and she's starting to tear up and you, you almost want to like wipe her. Right. <laughs> and at some point she's like crying from under her bandage. Yeah. Which is pretty, pretty uh, gruesome. But yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. I thought the art was really, really, really good. Um, yeah. Marquez is like a master. Like when his, his ultimate, uh, Spider-Man run was just my favorite part of that that book. Yes, he um, yeah, he and he and Pacelli def- defined Miles' look for sure, or Miles Miles's Miles's look. I don't know. <laughs> it's got me wanting to actually read the Iron Man book because if it's Bendis and Marquez on there, maybe this is something I should I should I, jump into. I thought the first you. arc was really fun. Um, oh yeah, it felt it's. It felt a lot like the movies. Mm-hmm. So if you like Iron Man, if you like Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark, like I feel like it's, it's a pretty close adaptation of that. And of course, the art's beautiful. Um, the current arc with is um, is Bendis and uh, drawn a blank, uh, Diodato. Okay. And so it's it's a lot different. It's still good, but it doesn't have the same vibe that the the, the series kicked off with. It was definitely kind of a lot, you know, Diodato, his kind of style has evolved into to something that's very shadowy and yeah. dark. Um, and, and, you know, it fits the story that they're telling at the moment. But I, to me, Marquez, and not to say that it's all bright and shiny, happy people, but 
it's just his art is so color like and I know he doesn't do the colors, but it's just so vibrant and dynamic yes. and fluid and I don't know, there's just a vibe of, of his his high action, but also he's it's not just that he's doing action because his facial expressions yeah. are just home run after home run. Like you really can see you know, it's it's a tribute, especially when you have an artist like Bendis. He's he's a little bit wordy. You know, I like him, so I don't mind. But I mean, even with a guy like Bendis, he's a little bit wordy. Like you, you get the gist of this book just by reading the faces. You don't even need the. I mean, the dialogue enriches it obviously, but you can tell what was going on without any words in this book. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned the close-up of Jean Grey earlier, but there's a great scene of Captain Marvel, uh, like a close-up of her face when she's talking to Stark. Right. Uh, I mean, it's. I was just so happy to see him on a book. It was, <laughs> this is great. I agree, I agree. So, um, what do we think about the story overall? Um, I, I was hoping we weren't going to get like a retread of Civil War, uh, the first one. Right. And I'm glad that it's different. Yeah. I, I'm glad it, at least right now it seems to be a little bit more personal. Right. And I'm hoping it continues that way. I was actually happily surprised with, with the story, even though there were a whole bunch of inhumans in here. Right. <laughs> hey, but Marquez, you know, he, he did a great job with Medusa's hair. So. Sure. Well, Denise, what did you, you... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, what did Denise think of the story? Well, being that I haven't read Civil, the first Civil War, so I'm kind of in the dark what preceded this, I actually really enjoyed the story because no matter how good everybody works together, something is always going to tear people apart. And so, like you said, the fact that this seemed more personal, um, it seemed more real. It seemed more realistic instead of just, we don't know if we can trust this guy, so I don't like him anymore. But the fact that Tony lost his best friend and that's why he's going after him seems more realistic. Sure. Yeah. And I, and I apologize, Denise. We, we mentioned the, the difference of the first Civil War being more ideological. Uh, Georgie, why don't you in... 30 seconds or less, give the basic uh, gist of the first Civil War. Okay, so government wants uh, superpower people to register. Cap doesn't want to. Uh, Iron Man wants them to. They fight. Eventually, uh, Iron Man realizes he made a mistake and uh, a finish. But doesn't Iron Man win originally? Because they well, do registration. Yeah, I, mean, they that, have... yeah, I mean, if you're being... Sorry, I was a little yeah. untruthful at the end. Oh. <laughs> Stark kind of realizes he made a mistake, but Captain gives up because he doesn't want them to fight anymore. Right. And he, he gets shot and killed, but he's not really killed because he comes back later. Yes. <laughs> because no one ever dies, Denise. No one ever dies in right. comic books. Except for Bucky. And they brought him back. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, he replaced Captain America in that very story. Yeah. And became the new Captain America. So. Yeah, no, and to throw in my two cents, I yeah, I was also pleasantly surprised that the story was not much of a retread and had kind of the same I mean it's the same hero versus hero, which I know you know, it's interesting to hear Denise say, you know, that, that was kind of a new idea to her, which she hasn't seen as much of that. So I know some fans are kind of why well, that's kind of been played out a little bit. But seeing, hearing kind of a new reader say, no, that's kind of cool. Like, it's a different, different perspective, kind of put things in a little bit different picture. Well, I'm glad it wasn't, you know, heroes fighting heroes. Like, it, there's conflict, but it's, like, verbal, and it's, it's right. more, like, interpersonal rather than, oh, you were at the crime scene. I'm not going to talk and ask what happened. We're just going to fight it out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, um... Georgie, what are you going to grade out of six claws? Civil War mm-hmm. 2, number one. Yeah, I can't. I don't think it's a six. And I feel like four might be too low because the art is so good. Yes. So I might. I'm going to I'm gonna give it a five, but like a low five. Okay. I think we're all about to go unanimous and grade this the same way for the same reasons. Story alone, I'd probably give a mid-grade kind of four-ish 
but the art, I can't go lower than five for Marquez's art. So I will also give five out of six claws. And I too will give five out of six. But uh, for me, never reading the first Civil War, I actually thought the book itself was okay. Um, And then the art was the bonus. So I just really enjoyed it. Cool. Awesome. Well, I have no idea if the Wolverines, because they weren't really part of the story story. They were really just part of that first big fight. Mm-hmm. They're background art. They were They were definitely background art. So I have no idea if they will continue to show up in this series or not. I know there's an X-Men tie-in, so I'm sure they'll be in there. Mm-hmm. But um, but I don't know if they'll be in the, in the main series or not. If they are, and George, you have the time, I'd love to have you back. Um, sure. To keep up with that. If they're not, then, you know, we'll just tweet about it. <laughs> I would love to talk about it. Um, and, you know what, just piecing through uh, the book, the other uh, spinoff that has me interested is the Kingpin spinoff because he's yeah. been kind of absent for a while. Yeah, I think that looks really cool. It'd be interesting to see his status because it was kind of vague. You know, he kind of showed up at the very end of of uh, the um, Wade. Um, crap. I love this guy. Why can't I think of his name? Who drew Daredevil? Uh, Allred? No, not Allred. Um. That's Silver Surfer. Um, yeah. Samney. Chris Samney. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Kingpin kind of ended up being kind of the orchestrator of that big, long run. But even then, like, he was only in a, a couple issues towards the end. So, yeah, it'll be in- interesting to see what his kind of new status is and how he reacts. Uh, it kind of looks like the, the premise of the, of the story is, you know, you know, it's funny, the tagline sounds so generic. It says, while heroes battle, villains rise. I'm like, oh, they're distracted. Let's go break stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's funny because it says Kingpin, like it's a Kingpin book, but he's like off on the side of the cover. Yeah, you're right. And I will say, I don't know if this uh, this Ortiz guy also drew this cover picture, but mm-hmm. that Hobgoblin looks nice. Oh, yeah, he looks really great. Yeah. So... So yeah, that one looks really good. I don't. You know, it's fun, it's kind of funny. I'm not super excited about the X Men book, so but we'll see what they do with it. I'm afraid it's just going to be more tease about ooh Scott did something evil. Let's not say what it is. <laughs> oh jeez, did it ever get get cleared up? Nope. No, we're still waiting. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming he uh, abandoned his family again. <laughs> At this point, it's just a joke, you know. <laughs> we're like, yeah. we're like almost a year since Secret Wars, and we right. still got nothing. Yeah, all we know is the X Men and the the mutants and the Inhumans fought, and the Inhumans apparently won. And not only that, no one thinks they did anything wrong, because no one's holding them to any accountability for whatever nope. happened. So they're in everyone's good graces, and the X Men are in hell <laughs> or limbo. <laughs> So. Well, their books sure are in hell. <laughs> oh, man, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Both, uh, so, and Denise would probably disagree. I don't think she cares much for Old Man Logan. But um, but both Wolverine books are really good. The team books have been pretty, uh, yeah. Yeah, those team books were rough. You think the Old Man Logan books are good? Yeah, we we discuss this almost every episode. Yeah. There's no reason to retread it right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right well, cool well, that's gonna do it i think for our our civil war two kind of um fake launch party um with confetti um, oh i forgot the noisemakers and that's okay um and really is um yeah 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 <laughs> what's it called when something grates on uh abrasive it's really abrasive on the microphones Oh. Uh, that was not worth it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you should edit that out, yeah. <laughs> I will, and then I'll leave you in saying you should edit that out, and forever people will wonder. What oh, that'd be that? great. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have our own uh, after. <laughs> um, uh, a post credit blooper reel. <laughs> no, we'll just have like our own Scott Summers oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. What did Georgie say? Did they ever talk about that? For the rest of the history of the podcast, we'll refer to the part I edited out and never explain what it was. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, anyway, Georgie, thanks again for coming on. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, it was super fun to talk to you officially again. Mm-hmm. So, any plugs, anything you want to talk about? Um, well, I will, uh, you know, unfortunately, just time zones make it really difficult to connect with the Intercomics crew as much as I'd like to. But right. look look for me to be appearing a little bit more on, on that channel. Awesome. Always love when you're on there. Cool. We need to be on there together sometime. That would be that would be great. Yeah. So uh, why don't you throw out your Twitter as well? Oh, but what is is it? It's LA Boy Toy. I don't remember it anymore. Yeah, you are. You are. Georgie. <laughs> <laughs> don't remember. Well, I can't say anything. I never remember my own Twitter. <laughs> well, but yours is not as legendary as LA Boy Toy. No. G- Georgie has had like two of the best Twitter handles in the history of Twitter handles. So. They work. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll probably have to change it to like Cumber Snatch number one or something now. <laughs> or, no, I'll, I'll make Cumber. it Benjamin Cumber Snatch. That'll be it. Yeah. Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go see if that's registered. <laughs> At Benjamin Cumber Snatch. <laughs> it's his brother. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, uh, Denise, what do you got? What do you want me to have? <laughs> well, you had my baby. <laughs> oh, boy. <man>. Georgie. <laughs> uh, I'm not having your baby. <laughs> no, Denise is, uh, what are you, at D-A uh, under D- D-A-S? D-A-S. Un- D-A-S Venable. Sure. And, of course, um, for the podcast that goes snicked, like the Facebook page. Uh, Twitter is at snickcast. Email us snickcast at yahoo.com. Show notes, snickcast.podbean.com. And that's going to do it. So thanks again, Georgie and Denise and um, David Marquez. <laughs> Special. I am D-A-S underscore Venable. Okay. <laughs> Don't even remember my Twitter. <laughs> so nobody wants to follow me nobody wants to do workouts that's true you only tweet about exercise so. and running yes running is exercise <laughs> we're gonna have a civil war and our sides are gonna be choose sides running or exercising there's a difference yeah like protect the future and shape the future <laughs> And on that note, I'm going to let everybody go. So, until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. And snacked. Snacked. Ah, oh, sh- oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>